0: guys we're back. <gasps> it feels good. It really does. You know, you know what feels better? That that dark mic that Russell is using.
1: How do you it's like so, it? It's so It's so good. It just you feels sound, better. You sound
0: sultry. Like there's there's slight vibrations in my ear.
1: I'm I'm glad that that my uh my joyful voice has brought some pleasure to your ear. Some eargasms.
2: Wait Kyle, did you buy this for him for Christmas?
0: No.
1: No, oh. of course not. That was my mom. Mom came up large. <gasps> Look at Thanks, that. mom. that. Mrs. Russell. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: So much joy.
0: So Russ is now on the... We are now using the same mic. Adam, you got a new computer, so we have all new equipment. We all sound good, and hopefully no dropouts. Yeah. It's uh, This is show number... I believe it's show number 99, by the way. Stop. Which is crazy. We ended the year... Had we done... Two episodes last week during the holiday week, which, believe it or not, like, you know, Christmas falling on a Monday, there should have been a Wednesday and Friday episode. We would have been exactly at 100 for the year, which would have been kind of nuts. But Russell was uh, trying to make that happen. Lazy. I was yeah. so
1: I was so all in on doing doing episodes. I was going to edit them. I didn't even care. I had time off.
2: I would and wake th- up on those days and I would look at Slack and it would it would just be Russell at six a.m. He'd be like, guys, anybody here? Anybody want to do a show? We could no. Oh, all right, I'll see you later. And I was like, oh, fuck. That's legitimately what it was. But it was, I'm happy that we're back. I'm excited. I am too.
0: I am too. I'm ready to go in the new year. That was. That's like the only week I were like truly like disconnect all year because not that many people at work. The website traffic is always down and. I don't know. I, the rest of the year, I feel like I'm always on call. So when like Russ would, I think a couple times I saw Russ text me and I didn't even respond because I was just like, I, yep. Yep. I want nothing to do with anything that has to do with the responsibility or doing, not that this is even that much of an undertaking. You know, instead you know, of just a, a, a very thing.
1: simple text back that says, hey man, I'm taking the week off. Here's the thing. And I mean this in the most loving way. Kyle decided to go AWOL for a week. And at, and at one point it finally took until like the seventh or eighth day of Kyle not responding to anybody in slack for us to be like I did two is blog posts we're like so. is he dead and then finally he's like i'm taking my first week off for the first time in 12 months and i'm just sitting there like i just wish he would have said something because like everybody everybody in slack's just like why is kyle not throwing in his two cents these are topics that totally make sense they're talking about the bottle swap that we were hoping to. do. it's just a lot wait are but we hey, doing
0: the bottle swap because I, I i responded kyle, you, about
1: that yeah well you you need to you need to check Slack later, okay? We're try- we were trying to, to you know nail things down because you had offered your ass whatever. People don't need to listen to this. Anyway, it's going to be Don't take the
0: text messages thing personally. About uh about a month, uh, about 2 months ago, I was getting full. I had like 126 on reds. Um not because I'm popular, just a because lot. I'm lazy. I got to be clear about that. So I, I just i just deleted them all i say you know what i'm marking them all as red wow that's
2: ruthless (laughs) it is (laughs) it is your grandma like kyle are you having texted yeah
0: this isn't like a work exclusive thing it's like wife parent i'm just i'm just bad at text messages man the apple watch actually makes it worse because what happens is if you don't have your phone you see the message and you're like okay i see that i'll respond when i grab my phone but then you grab your phone and if it's a couple hours or something, now you got four messages. And you, like, you pick up your phone for another reason, and it snowballs. Anyway, long story short is I'm back up to like 26 on Reds. After starting at zero and, and trying to make a concerted effort to like just do it in real time, I'm not good at it. So Man. it is what it is.
2: See, you said long story short. My long story short there was another reason not to get the Apple Watch. Yep. That, that sounds know. like a really complicated thing.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Adam, we got to give him some time, though. You, know, you
2: already have 26 messages unread
1: that's insane. something yeah it's probably more than that
2: okay. can you read the last one right now i don't see have my phone my up?
1: phone's in the other room
0: this is what Sad. happens Sad. i don't ca- i don't have my phone next to me i'll see one come through on the watch or the computer and i'll say all right i'll, I'll respond when i sit down on my computer or when i grab my phone and then you know you just sort of like "Ah, oh, I'll, I'll do it in a can minute. you talk it into snowballs.
2: your apple watch and it texts back or no you can't. Yes. So yeah. it's like the Power That's Rangers. That's what I did to Russ. Yeah, this exactly. I would be Power Rangering the fuck out of people. Go, go, yeah, go, go, I do go, that go, a lot,
0: but sometimes it's not conducive. Or I would do it
2: in public too. I'd be like, "Tell Russ not now. I'm about to save all of these people," and everyone would like look at me, and I'd be <laughs> like, "Excuse me."
0: The the other thing is the I must um, use
2: your public restroom
0: the the t-shirt sales on the site have like a notification so I get a little tap on the and it's the same tap as the text message tap so like you sort of just learn to like ignore it that's another complication so so
1: Kyle I hear that we have a thing coming up We do have a thing coming up It's really um, freaking exciting I've been waiting months for this I'm so happy You really have
0: Russ is, this is, Russ is so happy about the sponsorship. So we want to welcome – and don't fast-forward. I know sometimes some people will fast-forward through a sponsor read. Don't do that for this one. Uh, this is really cool. And don't do it for any of them, but uh, this is a new one, so at least <laughs> stick with us on the first time. Um, we got Carlino's in Ardmore Ba-ba-da. and Westchester. Carlino's is makers and purveyors of artisan, uh, I would assume mostly Italian-themed food. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are located – uh, they have two locations, Ardmore and Westchester. We are going to be live, live on Janu- Thursday, January 11th, from 7 to 9 p.m. at the Carlino's in Ardmore, uh, 2616 East County Line Road in Ardmore. Uh, know it well. Pretty much, you're anywhere in like that area of Delco and Lower Monco, you should be able to get there relatively easy. Uh, we're gonna have like a little pre-Eagles playoffs tailgate. It's a Thursday night. Carlino's will actually be closed, so they're kind of staying open just for us. They're gonna have their food spread. Um, you you can win a $500 catering spread, which is absolutely perfect for your um, super, super Bowl watching parties, your your Eagles watching parties, just. Every day gluttony. Yeah, your Um, random
2: Friday night where you go. Let me get five hundred dollars worth of meatballs.
0: Let me go ham. Uh, Literally, um, they will have ten dollars off their game day menus at that point. So if you don't know about Carlino's or or places like this, they have like specialty Italian food and all that. But also, the reason they're advertising with us is, you know, they have these great whether it's like these great game day spreads you can get. So you could bring it down to a tailgate. You could bring it for the family, Um, like really good food platters that I, I think not enough people in our demo take advantage of and might just like order a pizza or something. Go to Carlino's. They got tons of stuff. Uh, whatever your fancy is. so um, really excited to have these guys on board. I love these sorts of um, like small markets. There's two of them, Ardmore and Westchester. So January 11th, 7 to nine pm. Thursday night, Russ and I will be there. Adam will be potentially Skyping in. Yes, uh, there in that. spirit. okay. Uh, so anyway, Thursday night so we're gonna have pre- Eagles party. We're gonna see if we can get um, you know some, some guests or friends of the show to come out, but definitely come out, it's free to come out and uh, we'll be giving away a $500 catering spread. So there'll be more details about some of this stuff on the website on crossingbroad.com today. But happy to have Carlinos. Uh, on board and thanks to them for sponsoring and for hosting us we're, we're looking forward to it and we're looking forward we're going to be sampling their game day platters and then oh, reviewing them I'm so them. excited oh my yeah. god so it's the, made of pie
1: oh. see I grew up here, here's the thing when I was in college at Westchester I lived off Carlino's Like I, I, I was one of the people that got a refund check and instead of being responsible and like paying down the interest on my loans as, as I was accruing interest I thought no I'm going to go to Carlino's for dinner again I'm going to go to Carlino's for lunch I'm going to go again for dinner what's They're your fantastic. favorite item um, I used to like to go to the, um, the pasta stand, like they have a pasta station. I'm, based in basing this off of Westchester, but they, they used to have a nice pasta stand in the back right next to the, uh, I think it was like a brick oven pizza area. And I, I would oh always get God. some pasta and then I'd usually grab a slice of, of pizza, uh, grab a little tomato pie. And then on the way out, you know, you're walking by the meatballs and how do you say no to meatballs? But the other nice thing is they've got all kinds of like imported Italian artisan stuff that that you just, you know, if, if you are looking to make something that's authentic Italian, it's it's there and it's affordable and it's delicious. So you really should go there.
2: Wait, two things. One, Russ, is this like your dream sponsor? This I'm is like a White Whale.
1: I have to say I'm really excited about it because I've been saying for months about like, hey, why don't we try to do this thing? And then finally, when it started to come to fruition, I got very excited.
2: That's awesome. Like I know me and Simmons have always talked about, we've always wanted to do Oreos, but that's never been a thing. But see, so you got your dream sponsor is awesome. It was, and then two, it damn, how much did Carlino, I mean, were you just getting big? Like, how much would you be right now? Would you be like 100 pounds if you didn't have Carlino's?
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd be emaciated. Oh, uh, thank God. Otherwise, the day. yeah.
2: Thank God. Because you you're, like you're me. really fun film.
1: Yeah, and look like Kyle, except, you I'm know, not, like a foot But a imagine foot being shorter. as short as you and as skinny as me. That would not be good. <laughs> <laughs> you can only do Stuart one or the other. Do
0: it. So anyway, thanks to them. We were going to do this in, uh, I guess, like November, December, but that is obviously their busy time. Places like this just get ridiculous for the holidays, so uh, we, we all figured it best to wait, and and we're going to promote some of their spreads for the NFL playoffs. $500.
1: That's a lot of food. That's, that's a lot of food. That's a lot that's of fantastic.
2: food. Yeah, Kyle would have to invite his, his neighbors over.
1: The HOA would... You know what, Kyle? You could actually, uh, I don't think you should be eligible to win, but if you do, that could be a good way to you know, extend some olive branches to some of the people in the HOA. By the way, I, well, since the HOA you. got brought up, how about the fact that on Christmas Day, Adam, I don't know if you looked in Slack, but on Christmas Day, I think it was, Kyle, right? You guys yes. lost power? So that's fantastic. My, we still haven't talked Christmas about sports crisis. 14 minutes in, but that's fine. Let
0: me just tell you about my Christmas Woo. crisis. Hashtag uh, C-squared. Um, i came up huge i think i i went long if i ever decide to run for the HOA board i have my campaign speech written so 9 30 a.m christmas day we're finishing open presence with with our two-year-old you hear you hear the transform you see the power goes out and then you hear that
1: <laughs> and like 30
0: seconds later like the full-on like larger explosion like well there goes the day so it turns out uh, our power lines are on the ground but there's a is a, a line leading like kind of into the where the community is a tree fell right on the line like you know it's you could walk to the like entrance and see it so I walk up like an hour later with the dog pico is there So I'm like all right this is fine meanwhile we have my parents uh my wife's parents her brother so we have family coming over our big dinner was christmas eve but we still had some food to make um Pico is there and then leaves. They just leave the tree across the road, leave it hanging on the wires. So people on our Facebook page, as you might imagine on Christmas Day, are freaking the fuck out. Like, people posting the numbers to Pico. We're calling. I'm on the phone with Pico saying, oh, I'm, like, making stuff up just to get them out there sooner. Um, It was like- Give us
1: one. Don't incriminate. No, no, no. Uh, I said-
0: no, I said well like, you know, hey, you got people who are trying to move the things. I think there's like kids by the wire. Like I'm just doing Ooh, anything the I possibly can. Kids by could. the wire. That's a good This one. situation's going to turn bad. It's Christmas Day. People are upset. We can't get in the community if there's an emergency, people can't get out. That wasn't really true, but anything to get them under out. with the tree. Yeah. Long story short, it's out for most of the day. It winds up coming back at 8 p.m. just in time for the Eagles game. We still had family over, We're able to light the propane fireplace and stove to heat up some food that like we have crockpot food. So thank
2: God for AmeriGas.
0: Thank Amen. God. thank God for propane and propane accessories. No joke. Like this is when we talk about AmeriGas on this podcast, they literally the, their product literally saved my Christmas. The nation's so, number one provider. For <laughs> the fire, the fireplace kept it warm uh, We had the food, it, got, it was getting dark But around 6 o'clock people are getting nervous Because Pico changes their uh, Estimated back on time To 11pm So oh. now there's people on the Facebook page Like fuck the Eagles, what do we do? So I go down there after a couple of bourbons That's
1: odd, I and- also say F the Eagles all the time When I watch them Go ahead <laughs>
0: walk up to one of the pico guys in the truck i get the lowdown he, t- he explains they're on step three of three and fixing the line then they have to go through a few tests before they flip the switch should be an hour at seven fifteen p.m it should be an hour uh He said, what times the Eagles game start? Kind of disappointed the Pico guy didn't know. Not going to lie. I said, 830. He said, you should be good for kickoff. So I go back on the Facebook page. I give the most detailed update of the day. I was the only person who trekked out in the cold to actually speak to the Pico guys in the dark. I was wearing literally Christmas lights around my neck to light the way with my brother-in-law, got the info, posted it, said we're going to be good for the Eagles game. Christmas is saved. Tons of likes on the Facebook page I got. I'm the hero. If if I ever run for HOA board, that's that's in my campaign speech. Done.
1: Now, Kyle, if you run for HOA board, you can't just ignore their text. Man. I have, nev- right. I have never heard anyone be like...
2: Oh, fixing it! Oh, I did nothing. But the guy told me that they were almost done, and I told people that that he said that they were there, almost done. There was an information
0: vacuum. <laughs> an <laughs> information is... vacuum on Christmas. I mean, people are just is going this what by.
2: People the... do when they get houses and yes. get older is it they like Christmas. Yeah, you know but I mean, all like the... you guys all communicate on Facebook. You yeah, don't just, because, which is you also talk...
1: funny because you don't have power, and apparently nobody in that community had a generator. But everybody's using uh, uh, some people all did. All the, Believe everybody's me, using I, apps, I... all the battery on their phones and their computers. I hate. I don't have electricity as I waste all of it complaining on Facebook.
2: What an awful Christmas! Walking yeah, by, by those, those like houses. I feel like in the old days, generate, you guys would all
1: sit outside
2: with like coffees with like some bourbon in it, and you just like all be standing outside like helping the Pico gay.
0: I don't know. We, play, we played charades and drank bourbon. <laughs> that's <funny. laughs> yeah, it was oh, wait, fun. Yeah. Oh, does it, that
2: mean it, you miss a Sixers game?
0: It. it, it I watched uh, it on my phone, but I couldn't burn my battery. Yeah, I was sad. pissed. I was pissed. That I game, was. Ex- the whole reason we had this, game. like, Christmas thing planned was to sit – like, we had our big dinner Christmas Eve, and the whole plan on Christmas Day was, like, we're going to do relaxed, open gifts. Like, we have family coming over. We'll put the Sixers and Eagles games on. It'll just be a relaxing, you know, fun day. And, you know, that kind of went out the window. It turned out being fine, but I'm telling you, I saved Christmas. People are calling Pico and getting the automated 11 p.m. That was the the limit of information until I walked down there with my, my fucking lights and got the real update and saved the Eagles game.
1: I love the fact that Pico updates you on the power going out like Domino's does. (laughs) <laughs> when they let you know that your pizza really is did. now in the oven like that's well, that's fantastic and i can't they, imagine you if your pizza said it'll be there in 30 minutes and then and because this originally said eight
0: and then the next time you checked it it said nah, about three hours from now like imagine the sheer panic that would say oh, i've
2: it. been there before i yeah i'd go to one of other 19 pizza
0: places on my street you go to carlino's is where i would go. Ooh, I'd have gone
1: to carlino's in the first place good. all right so where do we start
0: how about with that Christmas Day game and the Eagles Eagles end of year romps?
1: Well the Sixers game was the Sixers game that day was fun. It was that was the, the Joel Embiid Enos Cantor uh, mm-hmm. showdown. Cantor actually had a really good game, but that, that was, was a good way to, good. it was a that was a good way to start Christmas. It looked like they were gonna blow it for a little bit and and it was a nice rebound, a nice a nice bounce back for the team. Uh, was, that was coming off a, of what was it eight eight losses out of ten or something like that at Eight that or point.
2: nine. I want a I want a thirty minute back rub from my New York Nick girlfriend, so that was exciting, <laughs> and rub. I want a bottle of booze <laughs> at work. Back rub. I'm just oh no really no see no. that's, that's that the thing likes, is I want the back like rub. Next. I don't need all the innuendo that that <laughs> happens uh, without without bets. So I just want oh. the back rub. Oh. <laughs> well, you know pre pre marriage, Kyle. It's wild. <laughs> but no that game was it was awesome that really did make my whole holiday because you know it's just like the it's national landscape joel Embiid. it was the first time he was back since the russell westbrook game too
1: yep no 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 it wasn't he he had played that saturday oh yeah a little tune-up yeah which he didn't look very good in but yeah
0: and he will not play tonight against the Spurs. It doesn't look like because his unbroken hand, which I, I think is just going to turn into like gangrene, his arm's going to fall off. Is if I had to place yeah. a bet on it, which he
1: he used to high five an overly excited JJ Redick. You know, I was, when that happened,
0: I, I was too lazy to get up and take a, a video of the TV. But I'm like, did anybody else see this? Like, this looks terrible. Why is J.J. Redick out there, like,
1: murdering Joel Embiid's hands? Well, I don't think in the moment you're thinking about, oh, our franchise center who had just gone down soccer style in in the middle of the court. I don't know. God, know that would be on my mind. Clutching, clutching his hand like he had picked up a grenade.
2: And then where do we stand with Fultz right now? Because I didn't understand that press release.
1: (laughs) Russ, you want to read it? Yeah, so the press release uh, from yesterday. Thanks, Sixers. Um, Philadelphia 76ers guard Markel Fultz has been cleared to begin the final stage of his return-to-play program. The program consists of gradual reintegration into team practices and training, complemented with additional conditioning work to support fitness readiness for gameplay. Also known as, he had the yips... And his jump shot still doesn't look that great. If there's ever been a time for like the definitive proof that Fultz was never hurt, it's like it's this consistent pushing the fences back three weeks. And I think that might actually be the most concerning thing. Like they, So Kevin Kincaid and a few of the other guys that covered the team yesterday started releasing videos. It was the first time, I think in months, that Fultz had actually taken jump shots in front of the media because everybody knows that as soon as the media is there they're gonna take videos and social media is going to you know dissect his jump shot and compare it to to Washington and everything else and it was just interesting because like the jump the jumper still looks funky but like I guess on one hand it was nice that he feels confident enough to to work out in front of the media but like on the other hand well I don't know the I've <laughs> never seen like I scapular love... imbalance like, shoulder imbalance like
0: I think there was a real injury, and I think it's just easy to dismiss it as saying he had the yips. There's probably something to that, and they probably have decided to like press a, a big reset button. But I definitely think there, there is was legitimately an injury.
1: Like it in is the summer, right? Like, or do you actually think that it it lasted until October, November? Well,
0: no, yeah, no, I, I think it got worse I have during a training camp. Conspiracy
2: theory that he got a that he got an off the court one, and he still hasn't told anybody what really happened.
0: Ooh. that's that's reasonable to that's me that's my reasonable one. yeah I, I don't I don't think that's unreasonable at all because
2: Nintendo switch accident
1: he was well, thinking really about into he, Wii bowling yeah
0: Th- think about it he changes a shot over the summer comes in and then his shoulders a little sore like yeah, there's definitely maybe it was just working out on his own maybe it was changing the shot like whatever it is, I think there was a little bit of an injury there. Um, so I don't doubt that they're definitely bringing him along slowly. I think it was Derek Bodner tweeted, um, kind of the last three updates: one at the end of November, which said like two to three weeks; and another in December, which said a few weeks; and then the one yesterday, you know, which had gradual reintegration. And there's this constant like kicking the can down the road. Yeah. It's the weird It's the weirdest like like nagging shoulder injury of all time. I love oh. the way the Sixers just. I don't know if I love the press release or hate it. Because on one hand, they're now so sensitive to injury things. And Zach Lowe tweeted about this. That they send out these press releases with the subject medical update. And you're like, oh, God, no. I literally squinted reading it. And Zach Lowe's like, it's the most, you know, it's the scariest email you get from the Sixers. Because it could range from anything to, like, the worst possible news to a picture of Brett Brown just shrugging. You'd be like, I don't know. And they try, like they're now trying to be so specific and upfront but there's really wasn't an update yesterday but they I think they wanted to provide one anyway because transparency and and you get these things like gradual reintegration and slow and you know like rather than just any other team would say hey yeah we're working on back he's going he's working back into practice soon the sixers are now so sensitive to it that they put out these very carefully crafted press releases which Good for them, but at the same time, it leads to phrases like gradual reintegration and load management, which are, are fine and good ways to put it, but they're, I think they get easily mocked, um, especially in Philly, where we don't take well yeah. to sciency things like load management. I actually didn't think there was anything wrong with that, but all the old-timers had a, other than it being a funny phrase.
2: I am just excited that if he comes back, this means less time for Jared Bayless Who I didn't realize that there could be certain players that take parts of my brain of such disdain. I mean, I I have such resentment for Jared Bayless every time I watch the Sixers, and I just you know I there are there are all so many other players that I'd like to see more minutes from on this team. Uh, And since we haven't had time to go over it, uh, the, the Rashawn Holmeses and you know Russ's favorite player of all time, backup point guard. From Arizona. T.J. McConnell. T.J. McConnell. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm happy for that. And then uh, the, other, the only other thing is, uh, who is in this? the guy in the Slack? I think it's the investor that said that Ben Simmons is a big Ricky Rubio.
1: I, that, was sounds like him, that sounds like no, Phil. It sounds like maybe Phil. I think it was Phil. I think
2: it was Phil. I did this before the year with Carson Wentz when people were like, we're not sure, and some people were saying that Carson Wentz sucked, and I was like, I'll go all in and say that Carson Wentz is amazing. I'm going to do that again with with Ben Simmons. I did not realize there was a faction of Sixers fans that doubted him, but if you're going to give me this performance in his first active playing in the NBA, if you're going to see the limitations in his game now, I will gladly take all of your Ben Simmons stock. So if there's any Sixers fan out there that is giving up or selling their Simmons stock at a reduced price, I will scoop that shit up immediately, and I will see you at your doorstep tomorrow morning. Please give me the Ben Simmons.
0: It's like he is. Uh, I think. He, I think Mitt Romney's sixty-six to one for president. I would buy that and uh, and all the Ben Simmons stock available at those low, low, low prices. I'm with you. That's, that's, a, that's a lot right there. run for senator. just saying if you want to if you want to uh, uh bargains find sixers fans who are upset with Ben Simmons and and take Mitt at 66 to one if you can get him.
1: Well look like to some extent, some of it was was fair. Some of the Ben critiquing was was fair. Um, but he has stepped up pretty large in games. There was a game over the weekend. I think it was the Denver game uh, yeah, I think it was Denver. When they needed somebody to put them on their back, uh, Simmons was a, a playmaker. And in the Portland game and in the Phoenix game, he attempted double-digit field goals. He also did that in both games against Toronto. I don't remember when our last show was, um, so I don't Race remember year. how many these games. Yeah, I don't remember how many of these games we recapped. But like, there have been a couple games where in crunch time he's he's been drawing contact. His free throw form, you know, is still awkward and strange, but. He's not shooting a poor free throw percentage. Um, my whole concern has been that he's been really averse to going to the line. I think, what was it? The Detroit game, I think. Yeah, or my, was it the Washington my, game where they... Russ, they,
2: my thing with all of this is he's going to get better at it.
1: Yeah, I mean, the only... like So, the reason that I went Fultz it's back... It's simple. Yeah, I mean, the reason I went Fultz back is not only because it takes away minutes from Jared Bayless uh, and... Honestly, even having Justin Anderson back would, would do something to, uh, to fix that issue a little bit. The only problem that I have is I, we haven't gotten to the point yet where my biggest concern going into the season has been something that we've been able to you know work through or analyze. And that's watching how Ben and Markel play off one another. Because when they were playing together in preseason, it felt like Markel was a lot more uncomfortable off ball than people projected him to be. And again, like that's playing against NBA competition. I get that. But if we end up in a situation where Fultz ends up handling the ball a lot, Ben really is not much of a threat as an off-ball guy until he's within, what, eight to ten feet. Um, ben has definitely taken a lot of the cri- uh, the criticism that he's been getting recently, and it seems like it's it's been fuel, and he's, he's really been kind of shutting down a lot of the, the haters on you know, like what people like me, who's not a hater but is just critical, has been, you know, saying about him. He's been taking jump shots, he's been hitting them at, at a, like a, a decent clip. So like there there are positives. I'm not my like resolution for twenty eighteen, which isn't real because I hate resolutions, is I'm trying not to be as negative. I'm still gonna be a realist, That's but a like good one. but there are like there are some but things But I'm not sure I'm that,
0: not sure what you just said about like him taking more shots. He really hasn't. His his field goals attempted per game over the last since we last did a show, or let's call it this since, uh, and I'm not I am I am with you buying the Ben Simmons stock. I don't think anything has changed over the call it the holiday break, but since the 21st, the first game of the back to back with Toronto, um, his shooting numbers he had he had two games with less than 10 attempts. Um, yeah, well, so he, eight, eight and nine. He had 13, 17 and, and 11. He, he's got a 17, 13 and a 14 in there, which was right in his normal range. I mean, there's games back in November where he fired up 20 and 24 shots and 22 shots. So I don't know if he's necessarily shooting more. Um, the other thing that I think was maybe fueling some of the, you know, Ben Simmons pause. I, I don't even know who, one of the guys on the Sixers post game show. One of the former players, uh, Mark uh, Jackson, maybe probably maybe Mark Jackson. I, I honestly don't remember. But he was like, "Oh, he's going. He's now fourth for rookie of the year running," and I'm like, "How could you say that with a straight face?" And then. The only thing I can come up with is his points have been there, again, going back to that game on the 21st, 20, 10, 8, 17, 6, 21. So he's scoring about at the same clip uh, and variance that he was early in the season, but he hasn't had a double-digit rebound or assist game since December 19th, whereas previously he, you could almost pencil him in for double digits in at least one of those two categories and, and in multiple cases, you know, triple-doubles. He hasn't had a double digit rebound or assist game, and his assists have been way down. So, four, six, three, eight, six, six, which, again, is not bad, but compared to what he was doing at stretches earlier, where he's, he's eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 assists per game, um, like the well rounded nature of his game just sort of has taken a dip over the last four or five. I don't think it's anything I'm, to be concerned about. I mean, in fairness, about, like
1: it's hard to have assists when guys. Are not hitting shots. Uh,
0: yes, no, I'm not blaming him, but I think that's people are looking at his numbers and saying, "Well, wait a minute, he's not he's not approaching triple doubles anymore." It's like, all right, well, look at the cast of characters around him, and I they just kind of figure out crazy how to play. That like,
2: and, hey, guys, he's our rookie who's barely played in the NBA and missed an entire season. He's not getting triple doubles anymore. What's wrong? I'm like, come on, like, I just there when I first was really getting into soccer, there were some. Young players that I was watching, I was like, "Oh, this guy sucks." And some people hit me up on Twitter, like, "Listen, he's a rookie. He's going to get better." You know who that guy became? Cristiano Ronaldo. I'm just kidding. Mm. That th- mm. it didn't become him. But your I mean, Russ, was, Russ, was, Russ was, bit
1: was, that shit hook one. line. And no, him. I was just going. Mm. But I'm just, saying, a, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's so. It's so. I'm no. no I'm a Ronaldo guy. Okay. Every okay. Day. So
2: it's so early on with Ben that what he er already is, is great. And he's only going to get better. And I just, for me, it's very funny that a group of Sixers fans who for four years was okay with winning 10 games a year and was preaching patience is all of a sudden, when the pieces aligned, completely void of patience. I find it very ironic that the group that said, no, 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 wait is now going, oh, no, no, he's here. Why is he not an all-star already? That's what I find very funny.
1: And and I actually think part of it... But I think part of that is, like, your sliding scale. Like, the the thing that you like to come back around to a lot is adjusting expectations. Right, it's the first year
2: of them together.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, it's different when the kid comes out and he's getting triple-doubles. What was it, two in the first 15 games? Like... There there is something to be you know said. who else for got it. a
2: triple double in their first game?
1: Alonzo Ball. Michael Carter Williams. Oh yeah, that's true sure as well.
2: So let's like that's the thing is the sliding scale slides. It doesn't slide and then get stuck. You adjust. I don't know, it's cold okay. out, man. That's true. That's, Speaking I think of par, cold. Par,
0: hold on. I I think part of it is is uh Like, we railed against the hardcore process folks because they're going to have to welcome in, like, the common fan. But I think there's a difference between, you know, the hardcore people who stuck with the team over the last four years who I think those people are still patient. Like, the the type A's, the leaders of, of the crowd are still patient. But now that you've welcomed in the casual fan base, and the casual fan base was right there with them, but in a passive way. Like yeah, I'm not watching the Sixers, but yeah, I like what they're doing. I look forward to them being good in a few years. But now that they're watching and we're all watching and we're spending it, it, winter nights watching Sixers games and like investing time in them and you see early on, you're like, "Wow, like I could be I could be in for a, a really fun, potentially quite good team this year already. This is great." And then after about 6 weeks, it's like, "All right, you know, some of those growing pains start to show and the fact that they're not well-rounded and Brett Brown said it yesterday. Their entire construction as a team is built around having a player with the supposed abilities of Markel Fultz, and they haven't had that. And that's starting to show as teams are learning the tendencies of guys like Simmons and the fact that Covington is not – you know for a while is not tearing it up nearly as much as he was early in the season and you know I'm guessing you were getting two assists per game from Ben Simmons from just dumping the ball to Covington and him jacking up a shot and Bale is firing up a lot of shots and Redick being good but you know at at times streaky like those are the things that are hurting when you don't have a guy who can create his own shot so like Yeah, I'm with you guys. I don't think there's any reason for panic, but I think that's what you're seeing from people. Is there, one, they were expecting, they were like, okay, great. They got out ahead of their skis, and that sliding scale moved. And the other thing is, they're just looking at the hard numbers on Simmons. They're like, well, over the last five or six games, he's been below his, his season averages in points and certainly assists. And it's like, okay, yeah, but... You know, teams are learn how to play them. They're learning his tendencies. He's still not a shooter, and the guys around him aren't filling it up as much as they should because they were playing outside their level for a
1: few weeks. Can we now, I will Eagles? say, like, yes. yeah, one, one last thing really quick on Kyle's point. I do think that you're right about, you know, where the mainstream crowd came in, but I, I do think that somewhere around Christmas is when even the casual fans started to realize that this team just doesn't have enough pieces. Like... We've started to see, you know, the, the fire but Brett Brown. But what did we expect? Like, did we well, expect the final saying
2: Russ, invest, Russ expected, a like, a 45-win playoff team, and that's why he made a bet, and now he's scared.
1: I'm not scared. They're still going to make the playoffs. But, like, I, I think that it's it's now fair to say that, like, the people that even were saying fire Brett Brown, when they look at it, the only th- argument that you can make right now that he's not doing enough of is playing TJ late in games and that Rashawn Holmes isn't playing many minutes over Amir Johnson. Like, there have been two-game stretches at a time where he's just not getting on the floor, and if there's a guy who would be a great guy to just drive to the drive to the hoop for a, a nice pass from Ben Simmons, Rashawn Holmes checks off every box. Anyway, like, there there are positives. There are things, like, they're going to start getting back some guys, Justin Anderson, who I can't believe we're we're actually pegging a lot of hope onto, but it'll be good to have in the rotation. It's a shame that Corkma's has a list frank, fracture, I think, in his foot, so he can't come in and, like, you know, take some of TLC's minutes, but, yeah, Eagles. I gotta go, so Enjoy the Eagles conversation, guys.
0: Oh, look at you. You're
2: going to go at 640? Oh. You're going to be, yeah. early. You're gonna be I gotta early.
1: I got to go because uh, the roads are, are still not good around here.
2: All right, well, then just give me your one take about where you currently stand with the Eagles and what your hopes are.
1: I admittedly have backup quarterback syndrome where I always think, with the exception of Carson Wentz, that the backup quarterback is always the better option. Um, but... I, I just haven't been a believer in Nick Foles and I I wonder that if if you were to give Sudfeld some legitimate reps in practice if his pocket awareness was better in that game Wait, what is it, it your appeared... backup
0: quarterback syndrome?
1: My backup quarterback syndrome is I typically feel, you know, like I'm I'm like one of the guys who's like put in the backup, the starter struggling with the exception of Carson Wentz. I've yes. always been like that. Like if it was like call you know Cobb and whoever else or Vick and the Foles. Worst sports just, fan ever. It's just I know. But you know, I, I try not to do it, but I was watching the way that Sudfeld was moving around the pocket and the fact that he actually has legs that move. He doesn't look like he also tore his ACL like Foles does. And on. and so, like, that's that's my issue, and I know it's stupid, and I know that it's probably not a good idea. It's not. But I, I just do not believe in Nick. And if LeGarrette Blunt says that that makes me a fake fan or, like, a not good fan, then that's, that's fine. But that's where I'm at right now. All right, bye. Uh, before we move on, the reason the road's aren't
0: good where Russ lives even though there hasn't been precipitation in six days where to like was he driving over mountaintops anyway the reason they're still not good is because it's cold outside and one of the things that can keep you warm in the cold is if you are using say a propane fireplace or a propane stove and the nation's number one propane provider amerigas uh, we want to thank them for sponsoring us again I want to tell you about their cool tailgating giveaway they're offering up to Eagles fans. They want to be sort of your, they want to power every sports tailgate in the country. I can confidently say that. As the nation's number one propane provider, available at over 55,000 locations, including Home Depot uh, locally and 7 Eleven, very easily accessible. Um, They're sponsoring us over the course of the next month, both the podcast and the website. And we have a cool contest, $500 worth of prizes. Uh, that you can get. All you got to do is go to crossingbroad.com backslash America. Enter your name and your email address. That's it. I think maybe your zip code too, just just for some uh, market gathering data. And we will select a winner who will get a portable, uh, a portable grill. They will get a portable heat lamp for your tailgate. You will get two tailgating chairs with sunshade. You will get $200 worth of apparel from the Crossing Broad store. And all you'll have to do is add the propane tank, and that will power everything. So go there, sign up, crossingbroad.com, backslash Amerigas, sign up, and you will be entered to win $500 worth of tailgating gear. We're also going to be doing a contest. I think we may have talked about this on one of the last podcasts, and uh, they liked our idea. We're also going to be doing a contest. I'm guessing most people have an Amerigas tank, and they don't even realize it. So soon we're gonna launch a contest where all you gotta do is go out and take the best possible, most glorious Instagram photo of your Amerigas propane tank, take a picture, post it on Instagram or Twitter, use a hashtag, yet to be determined, and we will have another prize for who could take the best, most ridiculous and absurdly beautiful picture of their Amerigas propane tank. So that's coming up, so keep an eye on your grills. I was grilling uh, over the past few days, propane and fire, Always beat the cold 10 times out of 10. Amerigas wants to be uh, your your propane provider. So thanks, to them for sponsoring the show. All right, Adam, on to the so Kyle, Yeah, uh,
2: Kyle, where do you stand with the Eagles?
0: Well, yeah, it's, I think it's really disappointing um, seeing the last three games I and mean, set aside most of the Cowboys game. Because if nothing else, you expected them to come out and be at least competent offensively. And and they've, they've gone, f- you know, they went from great to borderline incompetent and that was a drop-off that I don't think most of us expected um there's two I take I take solace in two items though Nick Foles has just not looked good like I I was a believer in okay Nick's good enough to go in there and win games and you know the Giants game was weird because they had such good field position so he was able to punch it in and to be honest, Carson Wentz had some games where without a lot of yardage and three or four touchdowns sure. or multiple touchdowns are in the year thanks to the defense. So this, this wasn't just a Foles thing. But they didn't move the ball effectively. They haven't moved the ball effectively consistently at all on their Foles. That was disappointing. But I take solace in two things. One is the fact that over the last two games, against competent Raiders and Cowboys-ish offenses, I know that some you know like Week 17 is always a crapshoot, the defenses looked really good. And the defense, um, Kevin at stats yesterday. I don't have them in front of me, of course, because I'm an idiot. But under Doug Peterson at home, the Eagles defense has been dominant. They're averaging like 14 points against per game. Uh, And they've looked really good the last two weeks. They're well-rested. Their front front is just like leaps and bounds better than everybody's. Um, So, one, that helps. They're gonna if they're going to turn into a defensive team, now's the time to do it because you're going to have two cold weather games at home and they could legit win a playoff game 10-7. Their defense is that good. Um, secondly, and and their front is better than the, the Vikings vaulted front. Secondly, and this is more takey on my end, but I'm hopeful that Doug Peterson was holding a little back from the playbook over the last two weeks, knowing that, you know there was a good chance the eagles were going to clinch home field regardless of of when they picked up that win and i'm hopeful that with 2 weeks to draw up a, a good scheme and 2 weeks of relatively meaningless games that he's definitely holding back some looks he has for Nick Foles so he can break them out in the playoffs that's just that's like takey on my end but i'm i'm hopeful that there's a few few plays and schemes that they're able to dial up that no one has seen before because you know it's not something they did with Wentz or whatever they're not plays they leaned on with Wentz that's the only thing I'm leaning on like Foles is competent if you can get guys open when you want and, and any quarterback should be but go back watch those highlights of him from 2013 and as much as people have learned to hate Chip, Chip Kelly Nick Foles had some just like wide open long touchdown passes specifically to Riley Cooper that year is you know Foles was really good but he had some just like, you know. You got it. I mean, Chip Kelly deserves a lot of credit for for that season, and yes. that's what I believe, believe me, Duck Chip needs Kelly
2: gave himself a lot of credit, and that's why that's why he didn't do anything the next few years because he was too busy celebrating that one year. Yeah, and they. I have a yeah. I have a theory for how the Eagles have a chance. For me, if they if they somehow win two games, and get to the Super Bowl. To me, that is an unbelievably successful year. I don't even know if they're going to win one. Um, I think that my my the way that the Eagles can do it is they have to make every quarterback Nick Foles. And I think the way that happens is we need the weather to be what it's been the last two weeks. Not only has Nick Foles looked like crap, Derek Carr has looked like crap, and Dak Prescott has looked like cat crap because when it's really that cold, then it, everything gets destroyed. So look, if they have to play Drew Brees and it's really cold, the Eagles have a chance if it's really cold because Drew Brees outside the dome is not the same guy. I'll take Matt Ryan in the cold. I'll definitely take Jared Goff in the cold. Cam Newton probably won't do that great in the cold either. I just think that they need the weather to really be a factor and that home field advantage to be like so big because the Eagles have are used to it for the last three weeks or two weeks. And then that will be the same. And then the other teams won't be used to it. I think that's huge. The other thing I'll say is... Um, and and Sims was saying this on the podcast yesterday, we all talk about the Eagles need to run the ball, but they need to run the ball like a running team. He was saying that they're still running the ball side to side. And I agree. I don't need LeGarrette Blunt taking a read option and going to the outside. They need to line up in I formation with a fullback and pound the ball right in their face. It's just a lot of a giant and lagaret blunt going side to side and they're still throwing like 40 times a game even though we've all been saying since Carson Wentz went down we need to focus more on the run but my main point make every quarterback Nick Foles get the, get it so cold that no offense works that's how they have a chance
0: so um all right so Addressing your two points there, I agree with you with the cold. I think the weather is the great equalizer. And if the Eagles are now an underpowered team without Wentz and on a neutral field, the worst team or the underdog, then you need every home field advantage element you can have in your favor. Because, like, take it to the extreme. Say you have three feet of snow, right? You automatically neutralize the best team in the league and the worst team in the league can beat them in that scenario. So you need – I'm with you. You need the neutralizer because if Foles is going to be bad anyway, let's do anything we can to hamper the other quarterbacks. I think you get – a little narrative-y with Drew Brees in the cold and Cam Newton. I mean, Cam Newton runs, so I think if, if the cold doesn't affect anyone. Yeah, but Drew
2: Brees in the cold, I'm down.
0: I, I'm down on Drew Brees in the cold, but keep in mind, we've talked about this. The Saints are a slightly di- – they are a much different team than they've been in the past. They don't rely as much. Even though Drew Brees averaging like eight eight yards per attempt, they're a run-heavy team. They got one of the best two-headed running backs. Yeah, but I'm also thinking
2: like years. Kamara and those – like the cold doesn't just impact the quarterback. Like, the Eagles have now been playing at this temperature for two weeks. They know what it's like to be hit. They know what it's like to hit Mm -hmm. at that temperature. Alvin Kamara has not played in something like this before. Those wide receivers are not used to trying to catch balls like this. It's not just the quarterback. I agree. It's also the offensive line. I, I just think it 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 would be such a surprise to all of these other teams and the eagles now are like oh no we've done this three times in the last month
0: no i, I agree with you I'm, I'm all in on the colt i'm all in on but the but i know path. what you on
2: mean the... about they're not they're not a throw it 50 times a game team right
0: and cam you know cam is someone who can can still run the ball in those situations that that kind of worries me a little bit But, uh, yes, totally with you. We need every equalizer we can. We get cold, shitty weather and that crowd and whatever offensive, you know, advantage the other team has, especially the Rams playing in sunny California all year with a young quarterback who is, you know, probably playing above, certainly playing above his fighting weight. Uh, I'll take all of that. Uh, The second thing you mentioned was uh, the running game, the running game. Yes. You know, like – I hear a lot of of what you just said. We got to pound the rock. We got to pound the rock. I don't think I'm I don't subscribe to that. Do they have to run more? And do do they have to get quality performances out of out of Blunt and Ajay? Yes, they can't. Nick Foles is not going to pass their way to victory. They're going to have to win lower scoring games. And part of part of doing that is eating up clock and being able to move the ball on the ground. So I'm with you like halfway there. But a guy like it, I don't think they really have the true, they don't have a true workhorse back. Like Blunt is, you know, is unique in what he is, but he's not a guy you can give the ball to 20 plus times a game. Ajayi probably has the physical ability to do it. But again, when he's at his best is when he's able to break through and snap off very large plays. And I feel like if you just try and turn into this like I-formation running team out of nowhere, you neutralize what's been really good about your running game, which is being able to get outside the tackles, and then you have guys like Jason Kelsey and your excellent blockers who are able to get downfield better than any other team in the league and and turn a 5-yard run into a 15-yard run.
2: Yeah, but don't you think part of that was the threat that Carson Wentz was going to run the opposite way? You know, like, I, I figured... When you were doing the run-pass options with Carson Wentz, there were seven or eight times a game where he'd take it five, ten yards. But they're not falling for it anymore because Nick Foles, like many people describe, is a giraffe.
0: No, but I, I, I disagree I, I, in that. because And Doug Peterson addresses the press conference. That most, the run-pass options, nine times out of ten, aren't designed for quarterback run or or pay, they're designed for he has the ability to hand the ball off or keep it and throw it. It's not like almost all of Carson Wentz's runs were not designed runs. Uh, and they were not Fine, part, to they that, were the, not to the that, run Nick, option. I,
2: I'll even say this, though, but when Nick does any of the RPOs and has to make a decision, he always seems to just hand it off.
0: Yeah, no, that's fair. I, that's, that's fair. You know,
2: like I, I, I don't really see – I think the issue that I'm having is – the reason when when you brought up outside quarterbacks and and we all said, no, but Nick gives them the best chance because he's been in the system, I have not seen any instances where I've gone, oh, you know what? That was him being really comfortable in the system. He definitely had some plays in the Giants game, and I don't want to discredit that. I think it's important that we remind that remember that it has been freezing fucking cold the last two games. But... I just haven't seen the confidence in someone that's been there for that long and that's what scares me. But I will say this to the Eagles fans that are deriding other Eagles fans or or saying that they're not real Eagles fans because they're not celebrating that it's 13 and 3. I I think it's I think it's both I don't want to say that they're worse but I don't I don't get upset with any Eagles fan that looks at 13 and 3 and a home field advantage and while you can celebrate it also get upset at what might be the biggest what if season in I don't know if I've ever had one. I mean this is this is such an a hollow feeling 13 and 3 home field advantage because we know what it could have been. We talked all year about this is the year because of all of the other situations and it seems like now it's set up for the Minnesota Vikings to do that, for it to be their year. And so for any Eagles fan that's shitting on other Eagles fans for going, I can't believe you're not celebrating right now. No, like I love that Eagles fans are realistic and they're intelligent and they're, they're observant and they're not just going to go, oh, look at our record. It, this is... It's okay to feel sad, even though we're in such a great situation, and I just don't understand it, Kyle.
0: Yeah, John Barchard was big on this yesterday. He was tweeting about it, and I guess talked about it on his podcast. Oh, how? What did he say? How? Oh, you know, we should be celebrating this. It was a great, ac- you know, the season was a great accomplishment anyway. Why, you know, we shouldn't be down. I I saw the tweets about it, so I, I don't want to state his argument because I'm not exactly right. sure what it was. But it was, I think, it was along those lines. And it's like and that's
2: fine. I celebrated too. This is great. Sure, but we celebrated for two months. Yes, but yeah, we, I, we really did. We maybe even three.
0: Yep. But I'm with you. This is the ultimate dick punch because every everything lined up with carson wentz the eagles not easily but the eagles are better and and decent home favorites to every single one of these teams they probably end the season at 14 and 2 is the best team in the nfl with the best record in franchise history with home field advantage and oh by the way they every other team in the nfc has holes, the teams you thought were going to be there, the Cowboys and Packers are not. The defending conference champions are not quite what they were last year, even though they're still in the playoffs and you know, playing better of late. Everything broke in their favor, and to have it just torn away with the worst like the worst possible injury you could have at the worst possible time of the season. The only saving grace is that he played long enough to secure the home field advantage which now does give them a chance like all those things we just talked about about working in their favor there is not a juggernaut there is not the patriots or the Steelers in the nfc and i think the nfc top to bottom has been a at least that top half all the playoff teams have been better than the the lot of playoff teams in the afc um you know i think all of these teams are good but none of them are, are great or unbeatable um and you know it's just like you can you can win two game, low scoring games. Like you don't have to stop some juggernaut offense. You don't have to. You're not going. As good as the Vikings' D is, the Eagles' front is probably even better, and they're going to be at home. So you can kind of neutralize them, because at least you can match their strength. So like, I, I'm torn because yes, I want to I want to be down and like fuck. We this may is probably cost us this. You know, by all accounts, will cost us the chance of winning the Super Bowl. But they still have a decent shot to get there. It's not like they can still, it can still happen. Yeah, you don't need like, oh, we're down 3-0 in the series and our two best players are hurt. But yeah, hey, I just, it can happen. I don't no, understand this,
2: this notion. I don't understand this notion where it's like we should be talking like we're the number one seed and it's like no, dude. I'm like that's like picking a fight when you only have small friends. Like I no, like I know what my squad's capable of tonight, and fighting is not an option. I'm gonna have to be the toughest guy. The thing is this. So if you had to rank the teams, rank the teams
0: you want to see. Well,
2: I'll say this. We talked shit for two months when we had Carson Wentz. And you know when we're really going to talk shit? In like June and July and August where we get to go, we would have won it all if we had Carson Wentz. And imagine how much better, how good we're going to be next year. You know, we're going to be talking shit again. But right now I want to kind of remorse. One, can I say I told you so about the Vikings? Yeah. Like, I could take that. You could take it. All right, perfect. Uh, when the Eagle, that's all When needed. the
0: Eagles beat them in the NFC Championship,
2: oh Oh, that would be I'll the worst. I'll take it back. That would be the worst matchup. I really would love all right, so the rank
0: Worst okay, to so best. Like, the teams you don't want to play. or te- uh, Sorry, best to worst.
2: I think if we were reseeding the NFC, the Vikings are one.
0: Against the Eagles. Against the Eagles. Forget oh, about Oh, against the Eagles. Yeah. The
2: Vikings are one no matter what. Okay. Like... Give me the Vikings. I think they're fantastic. You do not want to play uh, against, them, just to be clear. against the Eagles in Philadelphia, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, all these games. Who, rank who these I games think in has Philly. the
2: best chance to beat them?
0: Um, so, Vikings is a team you do not want to play just to Oh, they're the yep, best team. Yep. Number two.
2: Man, I I think the Eagles have a chance if Cherikov plays in the cold. That's why I'm hesitant on them. Mm -hmm. And then, so hold on. So it's the Rams, Saints, Falcons, Panthers are the only other four teams. I would say then... um, I would say next, and this might be surprising. No, I'm going to go... I'm going to go... Yeah, I'm going to be surprising. I'm going to say the Falcons, I am I am as someone that was talking shit on the Falcons all year. They are the only team currently in the NFC playoffs that have played in the playoffs last year. So of the six teams, they're the only team that went to the playoffs last year, and I feel like they're starting to click, and I think that their defense is very fast, and I think that uh, I trust them in a playoff situation. I think after that, my my team would be the Saints... And then it would be uh, Panthers-Rams. I'm going to put the pa- the Rams as the, the team that I want the Eagles to face the most. Interesting. Um, and I, I, I think it's a little bit of the newness to the playoffs. And I find Jared Goff to be the least threat. The reason I have the Panthers second to last is I don't really think the Panthers offense is that good. And that, I think that they would have kept the Eagles in the game no matter what the conditions are because the Panthers want to play in a phone booth, which is actually great for a team that doesn't have a lot of offense like the Eagles. I mean, You know what? I'm going to put the, the Panthers as the team that I would want to face the most and the Rams as the second just because Sean McVay will draw something up. I just... I really think the cold is is an equalizer. The Saints, I agree with you in terms of the running game with Kamara and Ingram, but I will say that the Saints' defense takes a lot of chances, and that's why lately that teams have been able to to exploit them for some things, like the Bucks for some big plays at the end of the game. They like to blitz because they don't have a, a good pass rusher other than Cam Jordan since Alex Okafor got hurt. But I don't know if the Eagles will have the big play in the tank ready to take advantage of it, and then uh, who was the other team that I had? The Falcons. I just I've already talked them up. So, but Vikings are the team where uh, they're they're going to the pro they're going to the Super Bowl. They're going to the Pro Bowl. The Vikings I think are going to the Super Bowl. All right. How would you rank them?
0: Okay, yeah. So I by the way your big play thing that you bring up, and this goes back to the running game thing, and it, I, I actually think the Eagles should. Shoot for the the big play.
2: Oh, they need to. Because, dude, this is one thing that Simms and I have talked about for the last three pro seasons. Why are the Patriots the only team that brings out trick plays in the playoffs? Think about it. Yep. Edelman throwing touchdowns, like reverses and stuff. The Patriots are the only team when everyone's butts get real tight in the playoffs. They're the only ones that go. Oh no we haven't shown you this play this year, but now we're going to whip it out, which is what you're supposed to do in the playoffs. And that's what I hope Peterson does is throw some trick plays, throw some, some big plays because that's what the Eagles need. They're not going to win in the phone booth. They need reverses and flea flickers.
0: Right. Well, I don't even mean trick plays, but I want them to have four or five plays go to home run big plays. And if there's some trickery involved, then then go for it because I, I, you know, I think we've seen enough now to know that they're probably not going to be able to move the ball effectively and consistently the way they were before. That that much is obvious. But Falls has a has a decent arm. He's had pl- he had plenty of big plays in 2013. This goes back to the Chip Kelly thing. I mean, they sprung guys, and Falls was able to hit them. If you can get a score, you know, an easy sc- I don't want to call it an easy score, but if you can get a score on one play. Or, you know, if you can get seven points in each of those two games or something because you have one really good play dialed up, that is that is a huge that set that makes up the difference for Carson Wentz in the in the odds of in the in the eyes of like the odds makers who are now discounting the Eagles, you know, upwards of a touchdown from what they were just a month ago. And like if you have those plays in your pocket, so that's like to me, that's the that's the thing anyway. I agree with you on on everything else you just said. Going down the it, the teams, um, I guess I would put the Vikings one, just because they they have a terrific defense and their offense has been, you know, with Case as much as I wanted to shit on Case Keenum, like they, their offense has been good all season long. Yeah, and the
2: Pat that would be the yeah. Pat Shermer revenge game too.
0: Yep. So I'll go Vikings one um, begrudgingly. I I don't think they're unbeatable. Yes. I think. I think the Eagles' defense can match them at home, so you can match them strength for strength, and you know, and then you just you you see which offense can can muster up more points. I would have more confidence in the Vikings, but but not by much. Um, two, I would go. I'm tempted to go Falcons, but I'm going to stick with my gut here and go with the Saints. Okay, I, I, I that's feel fair. like I feel like that. This, what made the Falcons so explosive and dominant last year is exactly what the Saints are doing offensively this year, just using two different running backs to just gash teams. Alvin Kamara maybe maybe the best talent in the NFL right now, and yes, he hasn't played in the cold and all that, but the Eagles have not tried to tackle a guy like that in any weather all season long, probably. Um, what he's able to do, and the fact that you have an experienced, very good quarterback who's still averaging, like, nearest career highs in yards per attempt, which, by the way, he's, like, up in almost Matt Ryan territory last year was averaging nine yards per attempt. Um, like, I just see that's a scary offense, and they have two very capable receivers, and, yes, it's the cold weather and all that. Um, I agree with you on their defense. I think I like the fact that they relied so heavily on the the turnover and the big play and pressure. Because though that is scary, especially with a guy like Nick Foles, who can, you know, as we've seen lately, be prone to the bad pass, um, that is not as reliable as just being a good defense like the Vikings are. Because you're relying on variance. So yes, you could have a couple of home run plays and a pick six, but on the flip side, you can also be gashed for the touchdown going the other way. So I'll take... With the Eagles being slightly depleted without Carson Wentz, I will take that added variance in their favor. Uh, but the Saints still scare me offensively. Next, I'll go. I'm with you. I'll go with the Falcons. They have played much better at the end of the season. They have playoff experience, and honestly, I just see enough to poke in, poke holes in the other two teams that the Falcons to me um, are are you know more scary. I'll go with the Rams next. Just uh, same reasons you mentioned jared goff in the cold the reason they are not uh not know i'm tempted to put them higher seeing what they did against in seattle against seattle um even though that was a you know a really depleted defense that was that was darn near impressive what they did for th- that first half in seattle a few weeks ago um but i don't know i th- that's a tough that's across so excited yeah, a cross country trip.
2: I'm so excited Seattle and Green Bay stink and they both have to finally make changes.
0: A cross country trip coming from the nice weather they've played in, with a young quarterback who's above his playing above his playing weight. Um I, I you know, they're they're ripe for the picking. And who's my last team? The Panthers I just don't think the Panthers are just that good. I mean, they're fine, but if if you know, these are all playoff teams in the NFL, and that's fine. But if, I, if I'm ranking them, I don't think the Panthers are, are as good as any of the teams above them, including the Eagles. So I yeah. would definitely take them, even though I don't think I don't think Cam Newton would be as affected by the cold as everybody else. They, you know, they have a lot of short, you know, short dump down passes and a quarterback who can run. Think they could win in the cold? I just don't think they're that good. I'll
2: tell you, man. There's I don't think there's a, a chance the the Panthers can beat the Saints it's like the worst matchup ever for them mm-hmm. yeah I agree. like they've gotten their ass kicked by them twice and Drew Brees just sits there and picks apart that zone defense it's it's bad um I uh that was fun I enjoyed getting back in this yeah you had a lot of bourbon over the last few weeks
0: I did yeah I since since Thanksgiving what's really? your bourbon of choice well, so I think I told you. So for Christmas, I got the Jefferson's Ocean. Ooh, which, oh, yeah. I which that. is the one they put on contain. They age it for six years, and they put it on a container ship and let it cross the equator. So it goes in and out four times. So it goes in and out of hot and cold climates. So the wood in the barrels expands and contracts. And the thinking is... That's so weird. You, well, no, but to think... The reason the aging process in bourbon... Um, makes for a better bourbon is because when it in the summers the wood expands and the the liquid gets into the gets the wood flavors and then when it contracts it gets pushed out and and that breathing of the of the barrel is what what makes the aging process so their thinking is if we take it on a boat and go from a cold climate to a hot climate and back and forth over the course of six months we can speed that process up a little. Um,
2: How much is a bottle it's of that?
0: Delicious. It was seventy nine dollars. All right. It That's is it is voyage brand. eleven um voyage letter. yeah they you get a little voyage thing where it went what the conditions were like i will say it is it is really good it's different it's uh it's it there is a salty caramel flavor to it 100 percent. and they claim I'll you know it comes it from the salt air or whatever but it, it it's really good so that's been my I'll bourbon i spend 80 on the bourbon angel's envy yeah no that's
2: usually i get that for like 55
0: okay I was going to try that, and the store was out of it, uh, and I went to a bar, and I was going to try it and take your advice, and they, too, were out of it. They
2: it's ha- a beautiful bottle. It I is. I got it for my girlfriend's dad for Christmas. Nice. Yeah, it
0: has a good move. All right.
2: Uh, you drank a lot of tequila,
0: so, I understand.
2: Oh, man, that's all I drink. Tequila's great. It was awesome. Uh, that's it? That's all you got? Man, you know, it's, it's a been too long.
0: Story? You didn't really have, have, to- have some tequila and get some back rubs? I went to
2: uh, I went to a New Year's seventies New Year's Eve party and I just I, I got dressed up, I wore a mustache. Uh, oh man, I we, we, we and me and my girlfriend won best costumes, so we won a bottle of Ace of Spades. Nice. Which is apparently a very expensive champagne, and then I left that bottle in a lift. And then I. You want to know what I did on New Year's Eve? To come back. Oh yeah, I want to know. I, did you even see the ball drop? Did you go to bed beforehand? We
0: both fell asleep on the couch before midnight. Yeah, I figured. And that's usually I'm awake. My wife always falls asleep. I'm always awake. I fell asleep like minutes before midnight and woke up at twelve oh two and was like, ah, fuck.
2: So at a party in Brooklyn, what song do you think they played after the ball? After it was like three, two, one.
0: Billy Joel song. What? Brooklyn? I don't no, know. They
2: play, they they played Cardi B. I
0: don't even know what that is. Stop. Is it, is it a rap you know song? You don't know Cardi B is. Is it a rap you song? You know
2: what a beat? I got blood issues. You don't know
0: Cardi B is. Is it, is it a ra- Is he a rapper?
2: It's a it's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. Is it hip hop? And with that, she hip hop guys.
0: Is she, <laughs> she new? Just tell me so I'm like. It, it, it. She's like in the last year. Oh yeah, I don't.
2: But she's everywhere. I don't. All right. Do you know who she's, uh, she's engaged to Offset? Do you know who that is?
0: No, but I could tell you he's a rapper.
2: Yes. Yeah. He's in the Migos.
0: Oh, nice. Now, what's you your... Do you know who that is? Uh, n- <laughs> no. Is it a group? Oh my God. Is it a boy band? It is,
2: yes. Is it really? Yeah, but it's not really a boy band. It's just three rappers from Atlanta.
0: Nice. No, I don't... I don't... Yeah, that's... that's that was great. I know nothing. <laughs> I know nothing.
2: What were you gonna say though?
0: Uh, I don't know. What, what, Before so I signed off, At your party. So, what's your ball dropping channel of choice?
2: Oh, I don't know. I haven't been home to watch TV in a while.
0: <laughs> I'm a big,
2: uh, Come on, I'll do that when I when I reach Kyle Scott status. Yeah. When I'm when I'm married and have kids. Yeah. But for now, I gotta I'm, say I'm the go I didn't
0: out. see it. But the Anderson Cooper, uh, the Anderson Cooper uh, Andy Cohen. Is it Andy Cohen?
2: Yeah, that,
0: that looked entertaining. They had people out, and uh, they had one of the reporters out in Denver at, uh, at a pot party. Like th- th- that was
2: ridiculous. I can't believe they were smoking weed on CNN.
0: <laughs> it, that looked fun. I'll give them credit. Like uh, they were on. Uh, I think they were on Fallon or Colbert promoting it like a week ago. And I I gotta say like that one looked like the most fun, but I, I'm a traditionalist. We go uh, we go Ryan Seacrest rocking. Always go Dick Clark. I used to enjoy when they would roll Dick Clark out at the end, and he would just sort of come sad. out at midnight. It was sad, but I gotta go Ryan. Seacrest. He'd be counting
2: down. He'd be like ten. Yeah,
0: you're gonna get nine. You're gonna get and they're like Stop.
2: seven, six, five.
0: <laughs> you're a worse person no, than a, I am.
2: No Dick. Cl- no Dick Clark is a legend. Dick Clark. Every time I watch TV, it's like Dick Clark Productions. But you know, we all get older, and we all you know it. We all shouldn't be on television when we get older.
0: I'm convinced Ryan Seacrest injected him with something to hasten his demise.
2: (laughs) Well, no, he just took this youth serum, and now he's using it. He had to pass it down. It's like a snow.
0: They, you know, they brought Mariah Carey back.
2: What? She had an epic like fail before, right?
0: Yeah. So last year. Um. Yeah. Last year, it was that. a there was a track going, and she was lip syncing, and then she was complaining, and it was just a mess. Like you could just hear, like she didn't even try and sing. She just stood there and shrugged. Like it was, it was you ep- know just an epic flame out So they brought that her, was bad. I remember that. they brought her back, and uh she you know she was actually quite good, especially given the weather. And you know she was wearing her normal nothingness, and her décolletage was out, and and all that. Um. But she after the first song, like. It, Mariah Carey just cannot not complain about something. So after the first song, she's like, where's my hot tea? Oh, they said I was supposed to have hot tea. All right, well, that's all right. I guess I'll have to be cold like the rest of you. And she moved on to the next song. It's like, can she do one thing without complaining and blaming somebody else? Just one? She was upset about her You know her what? I would
2: argue this, Kyle. If you were Mariah Carey and you didn't give a shit about any of that stuff, I'd be asking for hot tea. Um, like if, I'm if insufferable if, as it is. If I was Mariah yeah, Carey, I would an awful person. If you were a profession in which your title was a diva, and people called you a diva, why would you not act like a diva? Oh. I think the best part about being a diva is publicly acting like a diva, people going, it's okay, she's a diva. Oh,
0: I act like a diva when Russ texts me at 601 and asks where I'm at. Like, I'm... I would. I can't imagine what I'd be like if I was a rich. You know what? That's
2: how I want to end this. For everybody that has been waiting, uh, you're welcome. No, I'm just kidding. Thank you for being so patient and allowing us to have some mornings. Uh, but I want to say thank you for Russ for constantly being the little engine that could and always texting us and messaging us and making sure that we're getting back on the grind. And I don't think that this podcast would be possible without Russell Joy, because he is the glue guy. He is the the Raja Bell of Crossing Broadcast. And without him, none of this would be possible. But follow him on Twitter, at Russell Joy. No, at Joy on Broad. It's been a while. Definitely follow Kyle at Crossing Broad, and look out for all the great coverage on Crossing Broad. You could follow me at Adam Lefkoe, And let us all do a moment of silence really quick for Joel Embiid and Marco Fultz and Ben Simmons and Carson Wentz health. And with that, I bid you adieu. Have a great day and uh, enjoy talking Philly sports. It doesn't always have to suck. And that's what we're doing for you here on Crossing Broadcast. See you all Friday.